0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to church. Can we give Jesus praise one more time? Can we do that together? All of our locations. Yeah. What a great day to be in church. And I do want to look in the camera, say hello to all of you uh, joining us at all of our locations, all of you who are joining us online today as well. We are glad you're along for the ride. We are in week two of a series that we've called Beyond the Surface. And wherever we land with God and faith and spiritual things, the big idea behind this series is that most of us crave more. We're, we can't always even put our finger on what we're looking for in life, but we're craving more spiritual awareness, more uh, meaning and purpose, and more of a sense of why we're here and what life is all about. And the problem is we live in a world that can seem very non-spiritual at times. We're constantly barraged with needs and desires and things that have to be done and as a, as a reality, or part of that reality, we lose sight of the spiritual side of us, and the question behind this series is, what if God is a lot closer than we think, and what if he's really working to reveal himself to us in some very simple ways, and we're just missing it, not by a mile, uh, but just by a little bit. So if you miss week one of the series, I encourage you to go back, and uh, you can watch that on our YouTube channel, get caught up. To speed, as you heard, we are also about to enter week two of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. If you're new to our church, uh, we do this every January. It's how we start the year, it's been very powerful so far. And then another thing that we have done uh, every January for the past few years is something called the God First Challenge. And this is an opportunity at the beginning of a new year uh, to put God first in our finances through giving. So if you are new to our church, not sure what you believe about Jesus yet, Uh, There is no expectation for you to participate in this. I'm gonna talk more about it in a few minutes, but uh, there is no expectation for you to be a part of it. We're not gonna pass anything around the room or take up a collection or anything like that. Uh, But for all of us who are followers of Jesus, at the beginning of the year, uh, we kind of get our hearts and minds right through 21 days of prayer and fasting, and this is an opportunity uh, to tackle another important area in our lives, our finances, and to make sure God is is first in that, so I'll share more about that in a few minutes, but as we jump into week two of the series, how many of us, just by a show of hands, all of our locations online, you can participate in this, how many of us have some area, one or more areas in our lives uh, where we'd like to succeed in 2024? Just by a show of hands, we're like, I I would like to succeed in this area. Okay, good, so I'm looking around the room here and and see a lot of hands, Uh, let me get a contrast How many of us are hoping to fail spectacularly at everything we do this year? Just by a show of hands, hoping to just completely tank it, okay? All right, so uh, I do set myself up for failure many times at the beginning of a year by assuming that I'm just gonna have a year of complete success at everything. Uh, I've learned that very rarely is realistic. But coming into this year, I'm sure you've felt this way. We all have this. I have some areas in my life that I want to be better, richer, stronger this year than they were last year. Some areas where I want to experience, by God's grace, success. And I think we all do, and I think that's a good thing. We wanna succeed at our relationships, wanna succeed in our mental health, in our finances, in our faith. So the question is, how can we do that this year? If we could only find Maybe one thing this weekend to focus on as a way to set up the rest of 2024 for success, what would that be? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So in the Old Testament of the Bible, there is a moment when a guy named Joshua is about to lead the people of God into a new place. He's been following the leadership of Moses, his mentor. Uh, Moses was the man that God worked through to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He's a very important figure in the Old Testament of the Bible. Joshua has been following him, but now Moses is gone, and God says this to Joshua, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. So I mentioned this last weekend, how sometimes when we're taking steps to grow spiritually, so wherever you are in your spiritual journey, if you're taking some steps, you know, you're trying to grow, get stronger in your faith, many times when we're doing that, it can seem like God is singling us out. I mean, how many of us have experienced that, where it feels like God is maybe expecting more of us than he is other people? How many of us, just be honest, we talked a little bit about it last weekend, we look around and we go, God, why aren't you asking more of them? they're way more messed up than I am, (laughs) deal with them. And it can feel like God's singling us out, insisting that we face hard things, shining a spotlight on areas of our lives that maybe uh, we would rather ignore. And the truth is, we saw this last weekend, God often asks more of people that he desires to give more to and to do more through. So when he sees more in us, He will often ask more of us because he wants to increase our capacity before he gives us more. So, and many times we're not okay with that, right? How many of us, again, just be honest, show of hands. How many of us would say, no, I often want everything God has for me without having to go through the painful process of growing up to be able to handle it? How many of us would say, you were like, God, just give me all the success now. I am 19 and I've been following you for three days, but I want everything now. It's gonna be a train wreck in three weeks, but for three weeks, it's gonna be great, right? A lot of us, we're there, and so God will stretch us, and this is hard for us, many of us have been here. God will give us a promise, or he'll lead us, he'll show us, there's something big I have for you, and we're like, okay, we assume it's tomorrow. And then God will say, but I'm gonna take you through this process first, and we can get insecure because of the process. I do, many times, so God looks at us and says, you're the one. And we start looking in the mirror going, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I am not the one, I know me. I know you're the creator of the universe, God, but I have a unique angle given how well I know me. And I, I'm not the one. God says, you're the one, and we go, I, I'm, not, I'm not the one. I really don't feel like the one who's gonna succeed in my relationships this year. Don't have a great track record of that so far. I don't know, God, I'm not sure I am the one who will succeed with Uh, with my faith, with my uh, schoolwork, with my career, with my job this year. I I didn't go well last year. Why, God, are you saying I'm the one? And where are the immediate results that would confirm that? I don't feel like I'm the one who's gonna succeed with my money this year, succeed with my habits, succeed with my faith this year. But God says you're the one. You are the one who will work to reconcile with your dad this year. You're the one who will show your friends what it looks like to follow Jesus this year. You're the one who will become more generous this year, who will lead a J group this year, who will find a way to take, God says, what I've given you that's good and use it for the good of others. You are the one. If there is a promise from God in your life, then you're the one. God wouldn't have placed you where he's placed you if he did not see a way for you to succeed there. You're the one. And I'm not talking about manufacturing promises from God, by the way. There are many areas of my life a lot of stuff that God has not promised me, so I don't go around putting words in His mouth. Like God, I've just decided that You've promised me a successful NFL career. <laughs> Can I just tell you, this is not a lack of faith. It does not matter how much I pray or how hard I work. I will never have a successful NFL career. You say, but I've seen underdogs. So you have not seen this. So I'm not talking about putting words in God's mouth, but for many of us, we have a sense, this is what God has promised us, and we, and we have some promises, we'll talk about this in a few minutes, from his word, and God is leaning in today saying, You are the one, but God, if I'm the one, why hasn't it happened by now? God says, there's a process, but you are still the one. So look at what he says to Joshua next, I love this. Be strong and very courageous. Remember, he already said be strong and courageous, but I love that God takes a second look at Joshua and says, I think you're gonna need to be very courageous. (laughs) I feel like that's my life right there. Like God says, Mark, be strong and courageous, and then he looks at me again and goes, you know what, be very courageous. You're going to need to be very courageous and be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and then you will be, what's the word? Successful Successful in everything you do. You ever put something together like a piece of furniture or a toy for your kids or an appliance, and when you got done assembling it, there was a piece left over? (laughs) Anybody had this experience? It's the worst, I mean, and I know some of you, you, you are just very patient and so what you do is you take it all apart and you start over and you retrace your steps, you do all of that. God bless you. If you are like me, you are just looking for a way to get rid of the evidence. You're like, I got three extra pieces. Pretty sure I don't need those. Don't get time to go back, retrace my steps. And then we act surprised when the furniture falls apart or the toy malfunctions or the appliance stops working. I don't I don't get it. I mean, I mean there were a few extra pieces, but they didn't seem important. <laughs> God says, "Joshua, be careful to obey all the instructions you've been given, and then you will be successful." In other words, to succeed In 2024, if we look at the principle that God gave Joshua, I believe the principle applies to us. Season's different, we're not Joshua, but the principle applies that we've gotta read God's instructions and then follow them. Jesus says it this way, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? Well, you don't do what I say. Now, if you don't call Jesus Lord yet, if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, this is not for you. Phew, right? (laughs) This is for all of us who say, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus says, oh, am I? I was just wondering why you call me Lord, but you're trying to assemble a successful life without following all of my instructions. And you always end up with pieces left over that you're sure you don't need. You take what you like about my instructions, Jesus says, and you use that, but then you take the parts that maybe aren't convenient. Don't really fit with your flow. And you kind of lay those aside. You get rid of the evidence. And then you're frustrated, Jesus says. And not you, he's talking to me. He says, Mario, you're frustrated when the furniture falls apart. And when it doesn't work. Be strong and courageous was a lot more exciting. Am I right? Some of you were like, when I led with be strong and courageous, you're like, yeah, this is my message. What? 2024 coming at you. <laughs> and then I got to Jesus saying, Why do you call me Lord? Don't do what I say. And you're like, No, I came the wrong weekend. <laughs> so much more exciting. And that's the problem is that we want the success God promises without the surrender God commands. And we want to possess the land without prioritizing the Lord. And God says, No, oh, success comes when you obey my instructions. So God tells Joshua, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. There's a promise from God, but there are instructions that go with the promise, like the the furniture showed up promise from God, when you're done, it's gonna look like this. Now assemble it, and use all the pieces provided. So when I was 15, I put my faith in Jesus, and about a year later, I started reading the Bible. So if it's taken you a little while to kinda get into the Bible part of your faith, that's okay, it did me too. And uh, the only Bible I had was the King James Version of the Bible. Where are my KJV people? Thou knowest who thou artest. Or thou shouldest know who thou artest, for the king who sittest on highest knows who thou artest. <laughs> king James Version of the Bible. King James Version of the Bible was published in 1611. How many of us know the English language has changed just a little bit over the past 400 years since Shakespeare roamed the Earth, you know? That was all I had. And so I did not understand half of what I was reading, But I kept reading. I kept reading. I kept reading. And over time, God's word began to shape my life. I didn't understand it all, I didn't like it all. There were parts of it I was like, Old Testament, come on, how many? you do what to who, why? <laughs> and I began to realize something. This changed my life, this will change your life. When I would come upon parts of the word of God that I didn't understand and didn't like, I began to realize something, that when someone matters to you, what matters to them matters to you. So I begin to say, Jesus, this doesn't really, like on the surface, mean a lot to me, I don't understand it, I'm not sure I like it, but you said it matters to you, and you matter to me, so your word matters to me. I'm gonna build my life on that foundation. And God wants to reveal himself to us through the Bible, which is why he tells Joshua, here's the recipe, read and succeed, read the instructions, assemble your life according to my word, you'll experience success. So what is the Bible? And why do we put so much emphasis on it? Especially when uh, parts of it can seem so confusing and outdated or a a gut punch when it comes to the way we would rather live our lives. And if you're new to all this, you're like, yeah, what is the deal with Christians and the Bible? Like, I kind of like Christianity, not the Bible. It weirds me out. What is is that about? Here's what followers of Jesus have discovered over 2,000 years, that whenever we distance ourselves from the word of God, The wheels come off. They come off our relationships. They come off our belief systems. They come off our churches. They come off our environments. They come off our attitudes. The wheels just come off. The word of God is powerful. And it is actually a collection of books, 66 of them, uh, written by human writers. But followers of Jesus believe that these are the words of God. They were inspired by God. There's an Old Testament full of law and history and poetry and prophecy, all pointing the way to Jesus coming. When we read the Old Testament, we are reminded of what life would be like without Jesus. It's a great way, a great filter. When you read the Old Testament, you're like, whoa, great moment to go, that's what my life would be like without Jesus. The Old Testament repeatedly hammers home the point that we cannot thrive without God. And then we get into the New Testament and we get the stories about Jesus' life and the very first churches and followers of Jesus and teachings about how to live for Jesus in this world successfully. And then a twist ending, you got to read to believe, called Revelation. You should check it out. (laughs) And that's the Bible. And the Bible is not the only way God speaks to us. God speaks to us through creation. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, which is his power and presence working in us and and when we gather like this, he speaks to us in community with other followers of Jesus. That's why we do life in groups here. There's something about that. God shows up, Jesus was big on that. If, if you can get two or three together, something happens and, and I'll work there. God speaks in all those ways, but the Bible, for followers of Jesus, the Bible is the foundation for everything else God has to say. So whenever somebody's like, God said, we're like, cool, let me just confirm that with the instruction manual. It's the foundation for everything else God has to say, which is why God tells Joshua, read and succeed. And there's something about this book, the Bible, that is unexplainably powerful, but it only works when we use every part of it to assemble our lives. Say, why does this matter? Why are you talking about this? Because for a lot of us, it is not some big super spiritual thing that's actually holding us back from experiencing more of God. It's a very simple habit. Here we call it a slot and spot, a time on our calendar and a place we go to pray and read the Bible. And some of us are one habit away from 2024 ending up much differently for the better than 2023 did. Because God wants to meet us when we practice a slot and spot, time on our calendar, place we go, or uninterrupted, and we pray and read the Bible, God wants to show us how to assemble a successful life. It is a slow process. Some of us show up, we're like, okay, first day slot and spot, bring it on, woo! And God's like, yeah, I will be, actually, I was planning to show up day 236, but if you're still here, I'll be here. It's a slow process, but it's how you assemble a successful life. Here's the last last thing God tells Joshua. This is my command be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to notice this. God says, be strong and very courageous. You're the one. I'm confirming my promise in your life. You're the one. I want you to assemble a life that can handle the promise I've made to you by studying my word and reading it and obeying it And when you do, you never have to be afraid or discouraged in the face of your circumstances. You can know that I'm with you wherever you go. That is a successful life, and God desires that for us. So he's saying to us, the second weekend of the series, read and succeed. And reading might be listening to it in audio, it might be a few verses a day, a few chapters a day, we're all different places, we're all in different spots, but read and succeed. Okay, so I mentioned earlier uh, that today not only are we in 21 days of prayer and fasting, but this weekend is our God first challenge. And I want to take a few minutes and talk about that. Um, Did you know that Jesus talked more about money than almost any other subject? He actually talked more about money than he talked about heaven and hell combined. Did you know that? And you probably met some Christians who talked more about hell or heaven than anything else. Jesus said, uh, there's a, actually a subject that I need to talk about even more, and it's money. He took the thing that he knew we would be most uptight about. For instance, consider how quiet it is in this room, and I'm sure at our other locations, right now. Because when someone says, especially at church, someone says money, we go... So Jesus said, this is gonna be the thing you're most uptight about. I'm gonna talk about it most. Most of the teachings that we have from Jesus in the New Testament, from Jesus himself, are in the form of short stories or parables. Many of them are. Uh, He told about 40 of them. More than one in four was about money. How we view money, how we use money, how we give money. Crazy, right? And the reason is Jesus wants us to succeed with money. I'm gonna say that again. Jesus wants us to succeed with money. Succeeding with money does not mean we all get wealthy. God is not a slot machine, okay? Some of us may become very wealthy in this world. We may be very successful and we accumulate a lot of of financial ability and capacity. Others of us may be equally faithful to God and not accumulate a lot in this world. That's not God's definition of success. What God does want, and what it does mean when I say that Jesus wants us all to succeed financially is God wants all of us to release our lives to him, to trust us with our finances, to reject the greed and fear that dominate our world, and to experience his peace and his provision for us regardless of our income level. That is God's desire for every one of us. He wants that for us, so in the Old Testament, There was a law, the Old Testament is full of laws, and there were laws around money. One of those laws was around giving money. And there are actually a lot of of laws around giving money, but the big one that shows up again and again is tithes. And uh, this law was called the law of the tithe, and tithes refers to the first 10% of our income. So if I make $1,000, it's the first $100. That word first is really important. Tithes does not mean 10%. It means the first 10%. So it's like if I pay all my bills and then give 10% of my income, that's not tithes. Could be very generous, it's not tithes because the idea is to trust God. In the Old Testament, this was a law. There was no choice, there was no option, this was a law. In the New Testament, it is not a law anymore. It is a principle to put God first and an invitation to trust him with our finances, like a lot of things in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there is a law, don't murder people. How many of us, by the way, still a law in this country, how many of us would say, I think that's actually not only a good law, but a good principle? That's very concerning here at our broadcast location in Newark. I recommend you do not walk to your car alone today because only 70% of the people in this room feel like not murdering people is also a good principle. <laughs> so like a lot of things in the Old Testament, ties were a law in the Old Testament. They're no longer a law. They are a powerful principle and invitation. And the reason they matter is because Jesus said this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. In other words, Jesus is saying that over time, what we do with our money changes what happens in our hearts. There's a thread attached between our financial habits and our hearts, and how we handle money over time changes the complexion of our hearts. It reveals our priorities. More clearly, Jesus believed than almost anything else in our lives. So putting God first financially is a truth we read in the Bible that can lead us to succeed with money to diminish our anxiety and greed and envy and comparison and the relentless need to keep up and to increase our peace and trust and hope and contentment and generosity. So at all of our locations today, you received a card, looks like this. It's called the God First Challenge. Love for you to grab that uh, right now and get that in hand. And uh, if you're watching online, there's a QR code you can scan on the screen so you can access that digitally as well, but everybody should have one of these. And I wanna take uh, just a couple of minutes and walk you through it. So there are three options if you choose to participate, because it's not a law, it's a principle and an invitation. I want that to be very clear. If you choose to participate, three options that you can select from if you consider Jesus Lord. So if you would call Jesus Lord, this is one of those moments where Jesus says, hey, if you call me Lord, I want you to do the things I instruct you to do. If you would say, I wanna respond to that invitation, three options. Here's the first one. Start giving consistently at the journey. Now, this assumes you are a part of this community of faith. So, if you're a guest here from another church, insert your church name there. Uh, But if you are a part of this community of faith, maybe you have given occasionally in the past. Maybe you've honestly never given anything at all. Maybe you've even felt guilty about that. It's okay, it's 2024, it's a new year. I wanna encourage you to choose this option if you would say, this year, I'm going to choose an amount, you don't have to write the amount in, That's between you and God, I'm gonna choose an amount and I'm gonna give it consistently, every week, every two weeks, whatever that looks like. Easiest way to do this is to set up recurring giving online, that's how Susie, my wife and I give, have for years. And this is a way that you can choose to make this commitment uh, to honor God. Let's just go ahead and keep those on the screens if we can, uh, production. So. I wanna say one last thing about this one. If managing money is the one thing holding you back, if you're like, man, I would love to give, but I got month left over at the end of the money. (laughs) So if that's you, been there. And uh, we have Financial Peace University J-Groups that we're gonna be offering in just a few weeks uh, when our our J-Group small group semester starts. For spring, we'll offer those to you. Great way to help you change the way you view money, let go of your shame, get out of debt, create some margin, and start living God's way. So I highly recommend those. Choose that option if you would say, "I'm going to start giving consistently." Here's the second one: Give my first ten percent or a tithe, my tithes of my income. So this is the principle and in the invitation. If you would say, "Okay, I've like I've given before. I don't, but I've not really stepped in this place of of." taking this principle and this invitation and applying it to my life, then I wanna encourage you to choose this option. Maybe you've given occasionally, uh, here and there, but now you're saying, hey, I wanna step into this, and I wanna be a part of this, and I wanna, I wanna bring my tithes back to what matters to God. Our church, just so you know, is funded entirely by people who tithe. We have no outside funding, um, no grants, no denomination, nothing like that, we are, we are fueled by your generosity. Everything, 100% of what we do across our region, at all of our locations, inside our walls, outside our walls, is fueled by your giving. And if you would say, man, I wanna be a part of that, I feel like God's leading me to do that, to listen to this principle, accept this invitation, choose that option. And then here's the third one. Increase my level of generosity beyond my tithe. So for some of us, if you're like me, man, I've been, I actually have been tithing since I was uh, 15 years old, since I put my faith in Jesus. I started tithing before I started reading the Bible. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, but I didn't make that much money, so it was not that hard, but I I worked at Pizza Hut, and uh, I started tithing. And some of you are like me, you've been doing this for a long time, and I wanna encourage you that if you sense God's leading you, maybe you have increased financial capacity, God's blessed you because you've had that habit of faithfulness in your life for a long time, the blessings have begun to grow. Your income has grown, whatever that might look like. Or you're in a season of life where you just have more discretionary income. What could it look like to become more generous in every area of your life? And then to help fuel the vision of Jesus. So you may not know this part, but there have been critical moments in the life of our church in 16 years where it took some people saying, I'm gonna give above and beyond. The room I'm in right now there was a critical moment when a bunch of us gave above and beyond to go, let's get this done, let's create this space. Our Hocasin location, critical moment we gave to launch that location, our Middletown location. Our Christmas and Easter offerings have fueled all of that. And if you would say, I think God has given me the gift of giving and I wanna be a part of that, choose that option. And then hold on to that card, all right? We'll tell you what to do with it in just a couple of minutes. Um, but if you choose to participate, choose one of those options and hold on to that card. And then let's zoom back out. It's week two of 2024. And my question for all of you, wherever you are right now, is what does your next step look like spiritually? And maybe you're new to all this, the church thing, and you're like, man, I feel like it's a lot. I'm just trying to figure out if I believe there's a God. (laughs) Just come back. Strongly encourage you, just come back. You don't have to understand everything, believe anything you're not ready to believe yet, just come back. But I wanna speak to some of you that you've been following Jesus, but if you're honest, listen, 2023 was a surface year for you. You half-heartedly tried to build a life that would honor Jesus and you didn't use all the parts. And maybe you even lived this way Jesus, I'm so glad you're there for me. On any given day, it's up in the air whether I will be there for you. And no guilt, no shame, I have been there. I'm a pastor and I get there sometimes, all right? But if you would say, I don't want that in 2024. I believe Jesus is Lord. I'm ready to go all in. Then I wanna challenge you, read and succeed. I want you to get into the word of God this year. Practice a slot and spot, time and place to pray and read the Bible. Kickstart that by joining us for 21 days of prayer and fasting every morning, 7 a.m. at our broadcast location in the room, online every evening, 7 p.m. in the Zoom room, Middletown, Hokessen, anywhere else you're coming from, you can be a part of that. God's been working powerfully in the evenings via Zoom. Kickstart it, get involved, take the next step Let God lead you. Build your life on the foundation of his word. Read, and you'll succeed. Does that sound good to everybody? So if you're here today, you're a follower of Jesus, and you would say at any of our locations online, if you would say, I wanna build my life on the foundation of the word of God this year. My relationships, my mental health, my decisions, my school, my career, my finances, my attitude, my friendships, my priorities, I wanna build it on the word of God. Would you just shoot your hand up? all over the room, in all of our rooms and online. Let me pray it over you. Father, I pray the promises of God over the people of God right now. I pray that we would hear your word speaking to us today, saying, be strong and courageous this year. You're the one. You will accomplish what I have planned for you to accomplish. And that, God, our response would be to obey the instructions that we would humble ourselves and we would be obedient to your words to us and we would live in alignment with you, Jesus, that we would not pick and choose what we will believe or value or prioritize, but we will just say, I am all in with Jesus. This year, I'm going beyond the surface. God, I pray you will bless your people as we press into all you have for us this year, individually and together in Jesus' name. And let me take just a moment more while you let God speak to your heart. If you're in one of the rooms where we gather today, if you're online and you don't know God in a real way yet, I wanna tell you the one thing the Bible reveals most clearly, the reason Jesus came. Jesus came so that all of us who wanted to know God, who wanted more for our lives, but were disconnected and separated from God by our sin, all the stuff that we had thought, said, and done that was less than God's best for us. Jesus came so that all of that could be forgiven and so that we could live a rich and satisfying life, not a shallow life, a life of integrity and wholeness and hope. And when we put our faith in Jesus, who died for our sins and rose again, we begin that journey with him. When we don't just call him Lord but we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth boldly that he is Lord, and then we seek to follow him. And if you want to start that journey today, you can, if God's drawing you to him, I wanna pray it over you. So I want one more time, everyone, just to open your heart up to God. And I pray, God, right now, that you will draw people to you and save people's lives today, and if that's you, you wanna begin following Jesus. Whisper out a prayer face something like this, right where you are, Jesus today, I surrender my life to you. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. I can't do it. I believe you died to forgive my sins, and you rose again. Give me your power so I can follow you. And if you would say, that's me, I wanna be included in that prayer today, would you lift your hands boldly, all of our locations, lift it up high, putting my faith in Jesus, yes, yes. Trusting him with my life, yeah. Awesome, online, type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on, and then Journey, would you help me? Let's celebrate Jesus and the work he's doing in our lives.